Hi friend, you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, after having crawled through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And friend, this is just a special little addendum that I'm adding at the front of the podcast today. I just want to let you know that this is part one of a three-part conversation that my February co-host, Tori Carpenter, and I had with a special guest named Dominique Shanks. And Dominique is a friend of mine. And this is a beautiful conversation, but it is a heavy conversation. And we talk about some pretty heavy topics. So if you're concerned about that at all, if um, certain things might trigger something for you, I want to be sensitive to that. You can go to my website, findingsomethingreal.com and look at the show notes for today's episode. All the topics that are discussed will be in there. But um, I think this is an important thing for us to talk about. And I pray that you'll be blessed today. So here's part one. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And today we're going to have a conversation with a special guest. In fact, she has a story that may have some striking similarities to this month's podcast co-host. Our co-host is Tori Carpenter. Our guest will share that story and where she's at in her own faith journey in just a minute. So friend, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. As I already mentioned, because I forgot that I had written it twice, this is your host, Janelle Wood. I had said that too. And as always, I'm excited that you're listening to season four, where we are inviting co-hosts and guests on to share their stories and also asking guests to address some of my co-hosts' very honest questions. So I want to start today by welcoming back this month's awesome co-host, Tori Carpenter. Tori, welcome back. Thanks. As always, it's so great to be here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. I love that you're enjoying this process and it's such delight to be on this process and journey with you. Um, And I wanted to say that we are still looking for co-hosts for season four for the podcast. There's info on my website, um, findingsomethingreal.com with more info under be my co-host at the top of the page. And Tori, you obviously know me. And when I invited you to come on the podcast to share this journey with me, you didn't hesitate to say yes. Um, For someone listening who's going through her own faith struggles and is wondering about maybe applying to be a co-host, but is unsure about this process, what would you say to her? That's a great question. I I think I would just say, um, do do it because (laughs) it's such a safe place to ask the questions that I've had for years. Um, and I've like had 
significant questions that I've struggled with and I've never felt like I could ask anyone about them uh, safely until now, really. I've tried to bring it up in the past, but people just get defensive or they shut you down. But that's not what this is. I so, so I feel like it's just such a safe place to have a real conversation. So if you're thinking about doing it, you have some hesitation because of that, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. There's no better endorsement than that. <laughs> um, so friend, this month is really about a journey. If you haven't already listened to the previous episode where Tori shares her personal story and some questions she has about Christianity, I encourage you to please go back and take a listen. Honestly, you really want to know where we've been thus far. Trust me on that. Also, friend, um, if you're a regular listener of the Finding Something Real podcast and the content here inspires or challenges you in a good way, I want to continue to ask if you would consider supporting this program through Patreon. There's special content over there that you get when you sign up, including a really special bonus episode each month. Your financial support helps keep this show going, and more information can be found on my website at findingsomethingreal.com. Now, today we are excited to welcome a very special guest. And when I messaged her to give me something I should say about her in the introduction, she gave me this response. Hey, Dominique is great, <laughs> to, which I, to which I replied, LOL, help me. And she didn't respond. So <laughs> true story. I'll tell you what. Today's guest is great. She's a friend of mine. And over the past nine-ish months of knowing her, I've been so impressed by her genuine care and concern for people, her commitment to God, and her vulnerability and faith. And I'm excited to welcome my great friend, Dominique Shanks. Dominique, welcome. Hey, Janelle. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. And in all fairness, you did respond this morning, and there was a little bit of a communication thing going back and forth because you do have a, nick- a nickname, which I might refer to to you as while we're talking, which is Dami. And so you thought that I was asking you whether it was Dami or Dominique. Yes. <laughs> so, and I just thought you were being snarky. <laughs> so, thank you for graciously allowing me to introduce you as my great friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so because that's all I shared about you, would you tell whoever's listening a little bit more Uh, Maybe share, we even talked about this the other day in a private phone conversation, a few things that you love or about, you know, who you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yes. So my name is Dominique and uh, actually, funny story, love the name. It's like my favorite name. Um, And yeah, talking about myself is difficult, but I love talking about the things I love. And um, I love rainy days. It's cloudy today. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I, I I am and have been for most of my life now um, obsessed with this, um, the country of Spain. I love, I love Spanish people and um, the country of Spain. It's my favorite place in the entire world. Um, my family has my entire heart. Um, and yeah, I love Jesus. Oops. Oh. <laughs> I Mic drop. <laughs> she loves Jesus. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit about me. Love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you grew up in a multicultural home, right? Yeah. You do so speak Spanish. I do speak Spanish. Um, my my dad is Mexican and um, my dad's Mexican, Native American and black. Um, and so and a lot of my cousins are um, Hispanic, Mexican. 
And so we grew up speaking Spanish and just, I mean, very bicultural. Um, I also, it's weird, but I have the gift of languages. And so I speak Portuguese. And then um, my best friend is from um, the island of Bonaire. And I broke my leg there a few years ago. I was there for about three months in the hospital and everything. And I picked up their dialects as well. And so I speak that. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I love I love languages and I love speaking language, different languages. So, yeah. Wow, that that's a gift. That I've, yeah. I wish you lived closer to me, Dominique. <laughs> I just was recording an episode with uh, one of my Dutch family members, and they're always making fun of me because no matter how many times they tell me different words or even their names, I can't pronounce them, and it's uh, like a running joke. So. It's well, a gift, what you have. Yeah, and so the, and the island is a Dutch colony, so they speak Dutch. And so I, I've practiced Dutch a little. Um, it's not my best, but I mean, I, yeah. But What's your favorite one wow. to speak? Um, well, I love Spanish because of Spain. Portuguese is beautiful, though. Yeah. Um, it's such a Brazilian Portuguese, not Portugal Portuguese. The accents are different, um, but I, I love speaking Brazilian Portuguese or listening to it. It's it's just a gorgeous language. Wow. So something that I, I know that you and Tori maybe have a kindred connection on is that you're a very independent person. You lived in Spain for a while, but you also now live away from most of your family. Am I, am I right? Can you share a little bit more about your independence streak and your... <laughs> Your free spirit, because I know that you are. <laughs> Which it's kind of funny because you know I'm like, am I really independent? But I did. I um, so I went to Spain. I'm from Arizona, um, Southern Arizona, and um, I went to Spain for the first time on a mission trip when I was 16. I was the youngest on the trip. It was like not even a month after September 11th, um, and I'm just really glad that my mom allowed me to go. But I fell in love with the country, and so I studied abroad there. Um, but which is funny, I went with a group of like probably 15 students from the University of Arizona. Um, I was the only one that spoke Spanish and like had friends in Spain. And so I didn't really spend a lot of time with my, um, university peers because I have friends and different, like we have a church. I have two churches that I went to that, um, that I knew people from. And so, um, yeah, and Spain was also like probably my, when I learned more about my independence because I'm, I'm an identical twin. And so um, it's Whoa. kind of like, yeah. <laughs> so it's weird it's like, excuse me? Did, you, did Janelle tell you that I am? She's listened to you. I listened to the episode yeah. and I knew, I think I heard that. Yeah. Yes, that you are. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many similarities wow. between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. I forgot, I had forgotten about that one, but yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I had to like learn about more, being more independent, even though like I still talk in the plural pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed I was doing it last night. Um, but yeah, I, I lived in Spain, um, which is, it was fun. I was alone a lot. Um, being like being by myself a lot did draw, draw me closer to Jesus. He became my best friend. Yeah. So a couple follow-up questions on that. First off, I just want to know, have you ever traded places with your sister to unsuspecting victims? So, absolutely. Um, my <laughs> freshman year of high school. It's just like yeah. the movies. <laughs> so we, okay, we've only done it for fun one time, just or out of boredom. But most of the time it was just like necessary. Like my freshman year of high school, they made me take 
earth earth science, which is to me unnecessary. <laughs> and so I I had a conversation with my sister and I was like, it, I am not, I cannot take earth science every day, five days a week. Like you have to do two days. Like that is, I, so I would go to her, the classes there, um, her English class was going on at the same time. And they're actually right across the hall from each other. And so twice a week I would go to um, English twice, which I mean, I love writing. So um, I loved it. And she would have, she, and she likes science. So y'all so like, She's she's in, she's like a scientist. She's a nurse, and she loves. All oh, that's things, fantastic! So. I would do that with Jesse. She was really, 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 really bad at math, but I loved math, so I would go to her math class in high school and take her exams. Out of necessity, yeah. never just for fun. It was just like, well, we did. Um, we one of our standardized tests we swapped just because we we're just like whatever yeah. and so when they came in the mail my mom like got them all and she was like handing them out and we're like wait no you gotta switch them up but she's like ah, <laughs> you guys and we're like i mean you gotta live a little we're twins people expect yeah. it so yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh so dami you mentioned church and youth trips and stuff obviously you have faith um how did you become a christian yeah, I, um, my, my mom became a Christian when my sister and I were babies and we grew up in church. And I mean, she probably is the foundation of my faith and like just the, the culture she created in our home of Jesus having the center spot. Um, prayer was a huge focus. And so, um, just grew up in that. I, I, I don't know if I told you just before, Janelle, but I, my mom would, you know, my mom talks on the phone all the time. But she never ended a phone conversation without praying for the person on the other line. So I grew up always hearing my mom praying for people. And um, she'd wake up early, early in the morning and read her Bible. And so um, that was kind of like my basis. And Was it always easy for you to just believe because of your mom's example? Was it just part of your culture? Did you ever question it? I didn't. I, honestly, like when I think about it, I I like, even from a young age, like I ran away with Jesus. Like I remember just at six and seven, like, you know, my mom would ask us about like Sunday school and stuff. And like, I just like, it was all like, just so like incredible to me, like this mm -hmm. life. And even, um, when I was 12, <laughs> my sister will say like, you know, I was such a nerd, but like, um, after rededicating my life, like I would take my Bible to school and just like talk to people about Jesus. Like, and not really even like seeing other people do it or, you know, like being encouraged, like go tell people about Jesus. But it's just like, it was just so like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, so, um, I, yeah, it's just, yeah. Did you ever feel growing up like, um, he was far away from you or like he wasn't right now, like you couldn't share that in good faith like maybe you went through seasons of doubt or like uh, I'm not I'm not so sure so I want to say relationship wise it wasn't until after my mom died where I just like my whole belief system and just everything just was turned upside down um there was a time in college where God really being to show me more about relationship versus churchism. I was in a pretty legalistic church that, you know, like there are a lot of rules and stuff that weren't necessarily biblical. And so college was the time where I got to learn about Jesus being my personal savior and um, him actually taking that lordship spot of like what I could and couldn't do. 
um, I would see a lot of times, oh, we don't do this. Our Christians don't do this. And um, I lived in Chicago one summer with a bunch of Christians and they're like, we do that. We think that's okay. And I'm like, but you shouldn't. And they're like, well, what, where does it say in the Bible that you shouldn't? And that's when I began to think like, wait, like, that's true. That's not biblical. My church has said it, you know? And so like, um, that was another pivotal moment in my relationship where um, I stepped back and separated like the church and, you know, their idea, their ideas of what is biblical or, you know, how Christians should live and started to really let Jesus define what my life should look like. So I want to step back a little bit. The thing that struck me, I, obviously, after interviewing Tori at, um, for February, uh, you know, you and I were talking just about something totally unrelated, and you were sharing a little bit of your story, and I said, um, you know, would you be interested in listening to Tori's story and seeing if you have similarities? Because I had forgotten that you had an identical twin. That was like the thing. And then I was like, oh, wait, they also have these other things in common. You mentioned your mom dying. Would you share both why you wanted to be here so much? Maybe share that at the end, but also um, about your mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think for me, like I'll say the two things that I love, I've always loved most in this world are my mom and Jesus. And honestly, they're probably like parallel. Just going to be honest about it. Um, my sister, <laughs> like I was, the, y'all, I was the girl who, um, you know how Old Navy does like the seasonal shirts, like you have a 4th of mm-hmm. July shirt and all this stuff. They had a, I love, I heart mom shirt. And so I bought it for Mother's Day, but I wore it all the time to school. Like as a senior, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have pictures like doing senior things with this I love mom shirt on, but I, I like, yeah, I did. Um, my mom and I were very close. And so, uh, and we were just coming on that point. I graduated from college, was living in Spain, um, we were coming on that point where it was like that transition of like, da- like needy daughter to like almost like friend, you know, like mm-hmm. we're friends. And um, I remember my mom, um, my mom and my sister don't understand time differences, and so and it's just like they were kind of like, Dami wants to talk to me. Who cares if it's three o'clock in the morning in Spain? Um, but my mom had called me because the baby was um, awake in the middle of the night, so she was up. It was six o'clock our time. Um, she called me and we were just talking about things that just our lives and things that were going on. And I have been reading through Psalms three, I believe right, Proverbs or Psalms three. I can't remember right now. Um, but it talks about God being the glory and the lift of our heads. And my mom was struggling just at the time in her faith and just in different areas. And she was just like, I don't know, like, I just need something different in my life. And um, it was just so much fun. The, um, the baby was in the in the bath because she had a fever and my mom and I just talked and my best friend had a baby that I was like had basically taken as my own and so she was with me in Spain and we were my mom and I talked um they had a cordless phone and we talked all the way until the phone cut out um as my best friend and I walked her son to school mm-hmm. um and it was and I remember just thinking on that that phone call like oh my gosh like God is transitioning like my mom is like a sister in Christ and a friend and not just my mom. Um, and so that happened. And then I didn't hear from my mom for like days or my sister. And I was like, this is really weird. Um, I emailed my, one of my cousins and I was just like, what is going on? And then in the middle of the night, um, my sister called me and she was, she, 
she um she asked for my best friend but it was like four o'clock in the morning I want to say and she's like let me talk to you to your to Rika and I'm like no like it's the middle of the night and she just kept insisting she's like seriously hurry up and so I was like creeping to my best friend's room and then um my best friend kind of woke up and she's like what's up and I'm like I don't know everyone's talked to you weird and right when I gave her the phone I guess it cut out and so she didn't call back for like an hour or two. And then she called me back and she was like, are you with Rika? And I'm like, no, like <laughs> it's middle night. Um, and she was like, okay, like mama's in the hospital. It's really bad. Um, I we don't think she's going to make it. And we just both started, or I was just back. But she's like, we need to pray. We need to pray. And so I, you know, I didn't know what was going on, what to say. So she prayed and stuff. Um, and I remember just as after I hung up the phone, just kind of standing there, like, do I pack? Like, what do I, like, what is going on in the world? Mm. Um, and so I, um, I went to, I grabbed the baby and we went into my best friend's room. Um, her husband was out of town working and we went and lied in there because I didn't, I just didn't want to be alone. And my best friend was like, what's going on? And I was like, she was like, what did your mom say? And I was like, no, it's not my mom. Like, my mom's going to die and stuff and like and I think I already knew but um we like my best friend was like let's fast the next day but my family they don't handle difficult situ- situations well so um when they called me in the morning everyone's laughing and like you know they're just doing all kinds of stuff and so I was like maybe she's fine I don't know like you can never gauge it with those people they're they make you know they make lemonade out of anything <laughs> uh, so um that night I they um I got about my my family bought me a ticket home and I traveled to Madrid, flew to Atlanta. And when I was in Atlanta, um, so I was in Atlanta and I was freaking out, obviously. Um, and I remember like, I got talked to my cousin on the phone and she was like, yeah, we're just all at the house and stuff at my mom's house. And I thought that was weird, but I just like, just had a lot of things on my mind and was kind of freaking out just because I had a four hour layover and they were trying to find one of my cousins who live in Atlanta to come pick me up. Um, but it didn't happen. And so I ended up just calling my best friend and talking on the phone with her for my three hour um, layover. But I remember like, as you're talking, I just remember thinking like, I need, I need someone here. Like I need someone in this airport to like be with me. And um, my best friend had a Dutch book um, back at the house in Spain. Um, that was a Christian book. And I noticed that someone else was reading it, but in English, like they had the same cover. And I was like, oh, that's a Christian book. And, um, but I'm such an introvert, so whatever. But I went to go sit down and that lady and her husband were the people that are sitting next to me. And so um, we were, it was Atlanta to, um, to Tucson flight. And so we're on the plane and I can't tell you how I was. I probably, I don't know, but she was just like, where are you going to Tucson? And I was like, oh, like something, I don't know, like something's going on and I have to get back. And I was like, how about you? And she was like, oh, my brother's sick. And she was like, is it your mom? Is your mom okay? And I just like started crying. I was like, no, I think she's going to die. And um, she just stopped and grabbed me and started praying. And I remember her husband just kind of like reached out his hand and prayed. And um, I had kept going to the bathroom back and forth. And so um when I came back from the bathroom, she was like, what do you want to eat? Do you need to eat something? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not hungry at all. Um, but they bought me like a little cheese and cracker box and stuff. And so we got off the plane and um, I'm coming down the, term- the tarmac or, and um, I see like my sister, a cousin and a cousin. And they're like all these other different places. And they look like like 
they've been through hell. And I remember just seeing them like, she's dead. And they're like, yeah. Um, and I passed out right there and, um, someone grabbed me and put me in a chair. Um, my cousins were just kind of like, Tommy, Tommy, like, it's okay. And the lady, her name was Lynn, who sat next to me, came up to me and she, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't understand this life, you know, I don't even know what's happening. And just remember Lynn um, grabbed me and she started praying over me and she grabbed my cousins and my sister and she was like praying for us. And she's like, you guys are going to make it. You're going to be fine. Um, you're going to be fine. Um, and I, I think in my story, that's, that's the thing. Prayer. My sister and I prayed. Lynn prayed over me. Um, when I got to the, um, the hospital, they had been, they kept, my mom did die. I think either before I was in Atlanta or after, but um, they kept her for about seven hours. So I went until I got in, um, I went into her room and I remember we passed our church on the way to the, um, to the hospital. And it was, it was a Wednesday night. So we had church going on. I remember thinking, I want to be there. Like, I don't want to be here. Like everyone else is at church. Um, my uncle didn't let me stay in my mom's room that long, like probably like two minutes. And I remember coming out and just being like, everyone's at church, like, and why are we here? And I, um, I looked up and like, it was like the whole church was like in the lobby. And I just like went and sat on Eddie, my, my sister, and they just like all just bummed us just and prayed over us, like just prayed and prayed. And um, it was just, I don't know, just like an anchoring moment. Um, after that, I don't know, like it's, yeah. I don't know. I, um, I know. Yeah. Can I ask you just a couple of clarifying questions? So Lynn is the person who was carrying the book that you sat next to. Um, and she's the one who prayed for you guys when you got to the airport. Yeah. Okay. And then when you were on your way home and you saw your church, you guys went into the church or they came to you guys? Yeah, no. So we just drove by the church. Um, and I guess everyone, um, they had announced it at church that night. We have like a prayer moment. And um, I think everyone had just come, not everyone because we have a big church, but people had just come over um, to the hospital from the church. So wow. we the church, yeah. Uh, before we move on, Tori, do you have anything you want to? How long ago was that? Like, when did that all happen? Um, yeah, so it was in 2009. I was 23. Dami, um, tell me about the time after that yeah. and when you found out how your mom died and um, how how things happened with your faith after that. Yeah. Um, so I think on the phone call, my sister told me that my mom had taken a lot of pills and then she had gone into the hospital. She walked in. She's like, I just took a lot of pills. Um, and so they were gone or they she was, I think they said she was like going to check her and herself into the psychiatric ward, but then she was like, Oh, but I took a lot of pills. And so they're like, Oh, we need to pump your stomach. Um, but then whatever they gave her with it didn't sit right or whatever. So it like did it, it was counterintuitive and, um, gave her, uh, like I just, her body just started shutting down. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it was, but it was rolled to suicide. Um, and so, yeah, like, so yeah, my mom committed suicide. Um, afterwards, and 
I don't like yeah. My so my 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 mom was in the hospital for three days, and so they didn't call me until the second day. Um, just because things are getting pretty bad, and um, they were like, "Hey, I think it's time for Dominique to come home." Um, and so like I I didn't have any of that experience that my sister had of being in the hospital, and um, they had even talked to her that morning. I think about um, plugging machines. And so, um, and Abby was just like, well, I just don't want to make that decision on my own. I'll wait till my sister gets here. Um, but then my mom just passed, to, uh, just died um, without the machines anyways. Um, so I moved, well, I, um, I was home for a month, just trying to help my sister and my dad get everything set up. My mom, she's a huge shopper and just the owner of, over 400 church dresses, which was <laughs> devastating, <laughs> like absolutely devastating. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, it's just, you know, it was a whirlwind um, when just during that time. But when I got back to Spain, uh, I remember because Abby and I are kind of like those people that we, my family kind of um, expects to stay okay. And so we, you know, like my cousin called me bawling and I'm like, you're going to be okay. Like, it's okay. And, um, that was a lot of what we did or what, you know, I did was comforting people while I was here, while I was in the States, um, comforting people. My mom was raising a three-year-old at the time that the baby I was taking guys about and, um, just trying to figure out, she understood everything because she was with my mom 24 seven and then she wasn't, um, helping my sister get, and my dad, they were moving out of their house and into my dad's childhood home and just getting all the, just all those things. And I remember just thinking, like, when I get to Spain, I'll fall apart. There, I can mm-hmm. fall apart. Um, and I did. Um, I, I fell apart. Um, and my best friend, probably, I mean, this might be selfish, but she's probably my best friend to, right now just because of all the crap she had to deal with with a 23-year-old who was going through something bigger than herself. Um, and it, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Tori, but it changed me instantly. Like I was one of those quiet people and I didn't let things bother me. And I mean, everything bothered me and I had emotions that I didn't understand. And I was happy in one minute and just angry at the next and just all these things. Um, but the most difficult thing for me, and this is, I mean, and I, that it kind of became a thing was church. Mm-hmm. That was like, my mom was church to me my mom was all those and so going to church was really difficult um I used to do a lot of crossword puzzles at church or words are word churches during church because I just I couldn't keep it together um but I was trying to and so I would do word searches and um the pastor told my best friend's husband to have a talk with me because he didn't like that I was doing crossword puzzles during church um and just was like, you know, and then, <laughs> I mean, it was a mess. Can't lie. Um, one service, um, the pastor's wife came up to me. And he was, she was like, it's been three months. Like, ya está. Like, it's enough. You need to stop. And I remember freaking out, like, but my mom just died. Like, I don't even understand. Like, how, like, how is it ya está? Like, you know, she's just here. Like, how? What do you mean? And I texted, I emailed my pastor from home. Like, I, like, I can't, like, even if I wanted to, I can't just pretend and move on. Like, and people used to ask me that a lot and being like, 
all right, are you all good? Are you, you know, I, I, are you all good? Um, and it just, remember just trying to be all good, trying to be normal. And I really appreciate it. There is a couple that had their 30th wedding anniversary and I had to go. And um, the husband, you know, we're celebrating and stuff. And the husband came up to me and I like, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, congratulations, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm not coming up to you for that. How are you doing? I'm so sorry. And he like just held me and was just like, this is the worst thing. I'd never talked to him before, honestly. Like we've been in church together and said hi and stuff, but he just held me and he was like, this is the worst thing ever. And I, I remember just being like, but it is. And I don't think people, like I hadn't heard people really say that. Like, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, that sucks or whatever. But it's like, I remember being like, yeah, this is the worst thing ever. Like, this is absolutely the worst thing. Um, then I moved back home and um, Evie and I, which <laughs> we, were, we would try to go to church and we wouldn't be able to stay just because like we'd grown up in that church with my mom and it was weird. She wasn't there. And um, it was it was a hard time. People didn't understand it, you know, like my sister and I, for some reason or another, like in a church of a thousand plus people, like we were those people that like a lot of our friends looked up to, to be like the strong Christian anchors. And so when we would leave church earlier, not come up, show up at all. Like, you know, I think it just kind of um, confused them and they were having a hard time with it. We were also, we don't deal with grief well. And so, um, there are times that, you know, I, we were at my best friend's house. Um, I have a, a friend, best friend in America as well. And um, they had invited us over for dinner. And I don't know what happened, but Eddie said something like, I mean, I might just kill myself like my mom did. Like, isn't it like something you do or whatever? And um, my best friend's husband told us that if we talked like that, he would, wouldn't be welcomed in their home anymore. Um, and that that was really disrespectful to say. Um, it was just, I think because we were so young and we were the first ones, people just didn't know how to navigate us, our grief. And, um, even in church, like, I mean, people were always, I remember people just used to say like, you have to be a testimony. I get that, you know, this happened, but you need to be a testimony. You know, you should be happy. People got saved at your mom's funeral. And I remember Eddie said, I don't care if all of them went to hell, if my mom was still here, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just it was just really difficult to, I don't know, like it was, it was hard. It was hard to be around people that, you know, like we had walked through fire with and they couldn't walk with us. And it just, it felt so like this thing happened to us, but it started to feel like we had done something. And so a lot of people, like, I mean, we are really good friends. I mean, we're even good friends now, but they stopped talking to us. Um, like literally just stopped talking to us and we were very close to them. And um, <laughs> one of our pastor's life came up to us and um, she said, I didn't go to your mom's funeral, not because of, you know, that, but like, I couldn't go that day. And people would say that, like, I, I couldn't go to your mom's funeral because she committed suicide. Um, people were mad that our pastor allowed my mom's funeral to happen at our church because of the way she died. And um, yeah, so this. It was a weird time because Abby and I, the worst thing that happened and we didn't like the people that were closest to you, the body of Christ, like they didn't show up the way they needed to, but our college friends did who weren't believers and they were amazing. Yeah. Um, we started having um, 
dates every Friday, like the whole day and just doing all kinds of stuff. And I mean, the whole time I was in America, um, in Arizona, after my mom died for about nine to 10 months, um, they were a blessing, a strong, I mean, an incredible blessing. Um, and they let us be, they let us be us. They let us say the things that we said and, you know, and be belligerent and outspoken. Um, I remember we moved here and years later, about, I want to say four or five years ago, we were at a, a thing at church and this lady came up to us and she was like, I want to, she's like, I laid this on my heart a year ago, but I don't know how it, how it fits into your story. I don't know. And she's like, but God asked me to ask you guys um, to forgive the church. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm excited for you to hear the rest of this conversation, friend. Tomorrow we'll be sharing part two of this three-part conversation with our special guest, Dominique Shanks, um, and returning co-host, Tori Carpenter. I hope you'll come back, friend. Until next time.